Putting the program together was part of the fun, actually. Um, the program is a mix of arrangements of familiar hymns, uh, such as When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, spirituals uh, like Ride on King Jesus, um, brand new pieces, or at least newish pieces that uh, many of the listeners would not know. Uh, one of those pieces is called Dazzling as the Sun by Gwyneth Walker, which is uh, a, a piece which has a shimmering organ part to imitate uh, a Christ turning into light in the story of the Transfiguration. And then there's uh, classic pieces uh, like the very last chorus of Handel's Messiah, Worthy is the Lamb and the Great Amen Chorus. So kind of something for everyone, I think. Well, and and also I'm struck by, um, well, there's a lot of music there, but there are a lot of participants in this event. You've got a 200-voice choir. You've got a brass ensemble. You've got at least one organist, I'm assuming. <laughs> so how do you, you're conducting. How do you prepare a large group like this, uh, most of whom have never worked together before? It's it's really quite marvelous, isn't it, um, yeah. <laughs> that people come together to sing like this. The tricky part is, as you say, all these folks are coming together uh, very, very briefly for this one weekend uh, to sing and and coming, uh, making all these 200 individual singers into one chorus is part of the challenge and the delight of the experience. It kind of flies under the radar in this world of reality shows and uh, on TV. Uh, I think people would be shocked to know how many thousands of people of all ages all over the country are involved in choral music, uh, in, in middle schools and high schools and colleges and community choirs and church choirs. Uh, choral music making is hugely popular and alive and well. And so I'm very fortunate to get uh, able to really fly all over the country um, to do this sort of thing. What do you think is driving that? that interest and that popularity? And, and what do you think is significant about having a, an opportunity to do a performance like this with 200 other voices, you know, a, an hour and a half's worth of music, you know, a, a well-known and respected conductor and liturgist coming in? Well, people love to sing. There's just no question that for reasons we don't quite understand, music is part of our DNA. Um, so singing is always going to happen. Uh, but as much as I enjoy singing alone, there is something all doubly wonderful or exponentially wonderful about making music with others. Well, and it certainly should be a lot of fun next week um, at Covenant Presbyterian. It sounds like it's going to be a great performance. I do have um, one food-related question for you because on Biscuits and Bach, um, we talk about food at least once a day. Um, do you, you've got an evening performance. Do you eat before or after? What's your advice? Me personally or to the choir? Well, both. Is it different? Is it, is it, is it one rule for you and a different one for them? Or Maybe. Well, they have to be careful what they eat because, you know, as you know, sometimes after you eat something, you can, the syrupy stuff can make your throat gunky and they're about to sing. For me personally, I tend to eat after. Um, but it's just because I'm concentrating and don't want to be distracted. And uh, so it's a, not a hard and fast rule, but that's kind of the way it works for me. Mm -hmm. I've also, heard... it's fun. I, we often go out to eat afterwards and talk about the performance. So it always, as, as with all good food experiences, it's not just the food, but also the company. Right. Well, and that makes sense to sort of cap it all off with something good to eat. There you go.
Well, Dr. Nelson, thank you for talking to me this morning and uh, explaining a little bit about what folks can expect and and about uh, just this joyous activity of making music together. It was great to talk to you. Thank you, Rachel. It was my pleasure, and I'm looking forward to being in Charlotte next week.